0: Welcome to Embracing Your Spheres of Influence podcast. This is a place where you will meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change. Today we have two co-hosts, two co-guests. It's Tina Irwin, who is a retired U.S. Navy commander and a psychic Laura Van Tin is a retired public school educator and psychic, and together they are a psychic team with a spiritual mission. As co-hosts of The Karmic Path, they unite spiritually, science and psychology to help people to gain unique, down-to-earth insights into the world of karma. As professionals, they have had challenging experiences that forced them to learn how to cope with psychics and spiritual issues. They lay down the logic trails of life and death and offer useful tools and resources to enable people to learn how to take their power back. Bad things seem to happen to good people. They offer logical explanations and practical solutions and insights into spiritual problems such as, why did my dad beat me? Why was I raped? Why did my mom leave me? And why is my brother handicapped? I want to welcome you both, Laura and Tina, and thank you so much for coming on this show. We will learn a lot from you. Thank you so much for having us. We are thrilled to be here. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad to have you, and I'm so glad you talk about karma, because this is a word that I think people throw out there. All the time, and yet I've heard def, uh, different definitions for karma and how people look at it. What is your definition definition of this? And tell me a little bit about the ripple effect that all occurs right. in our lives.
1: Well, I'm Laura, so that way you can kind of have a basis <laughs> <Bye, Laura, laughs> as. Hi, Laura. who's all. speaking? <laughs> but at its most basic element, karma is simply cause and effect. Every action causes a reaction or a ripple effect, and this is especially true when we talk about spheres of influence. When we're looking at a sphere of influence, that is a major karmic ripple effect. Everything we do and say will impact.
0: So talk about the spheres of influence is a continual cause and effect situation, right? Whatever we influence others there is a a, a reaction back to us as to how we're influencing, correct? Correct. So what's the ripple effect concept? What is about, how, how does that work? The ripple effect concept, this is Tina. The ripple effect concept is that
2: when you do something, it's like the ringing a bell. It's going to continue to echo out. You can't contain the echo of a bell. You can't unring a bell. And and so a karmic ripple effect is the same thing. Once you've cast the die in the water, you can't pull it back. And right. so every every moment is an opportunity to be mindful of what you're doing and how that ripple effect is going to influence another person, another place, or even a thing.
1: Whether it's a forest or an ocean or whatever it is. Right. It could be influencing a family. It could be influencing a workplace environment. Everything has a sphere of influence around it. You're right. It
0: does. That's fascinating. So let's look at, you know, you've got uh, two aspects, the microcosm and the macrocosm. So you know we set the we, we we set the path by by something that we did let's say myself and i really thought i was living a really good life i was happy i felt moments of joy i was really feeling the sense of evolvement. and then i had this motorcycle accident that almost took my life away and the recovery process was anything but easy What did I, on a microcosm level, as the individual, what did I do
1: to create this? Well, it may not necessarily be about you also. It could have been about those in your circle, in your sphere of influence, your family. Maybe they needed to have the experience of taking care of somebody that had an accident like this. That's one possibility. These are just theories, Right. What, what did they learn from your accident? You gave them, through your accident, opportunities, karmic opportunities to step up and do the right thing, to learn how to manage hospitals, to learn how to manage health care. Because karma is never
2: going to waste the energy of a single moment. And when you listen to that statement, karma never wastes energy. So every single thing that happens to us is an opportunity for learning, not just for ourselves, but exactly as Laura said, for everyone around us. Maybe it's your immediate family, but it's not just them, it's your friends. And now it's continuing to ripple out to your listening audience.
1: And if we take it back to you, maybe your sole purpose or your life mission wasn't supposed to be forever in that path you were originally going on and maybe this motorcycle accident happened because you needed to do something else and now you're doing that something else by reaching out to you know all of your listeners and helping them to gain an understanding whereas if that accident had never have happened would you be doing now would you be doing what you're doing now back right. then? Probably not. And, but
0: that, that was a difficult part of recovery. And, and actually, my family, by the way, started off great, but they did not handle it well at all. And in fact, they turned against me. And that was another very hard situation. So I can see karmically how that influenced all of us. They in had fact, an
1: opportunity, right?
0: They did. They did. And the relationships are over. There's no way of ever retrieving them. And for me, I feel that's good. But, you know, I don't know how that all works, but I'm really, I'm really trust that this was all part of,
1: you know, that divine plan. And sometimes when we clean house, so to speak, it opens us up for new things. Maybe the karmic time for those relationships was simply over. Right, right. Maybe you got to learn more about those people in your sphere and maybe they weren't for your greater good but you would never have known that had it not have been for that accident and, and that that the comment you made laura is really
2: important maybe the karma of a relationship is over and you definitely see this in a divorce Right. and even though that's a really painful experience and what you had happened to you had to be super painful but in the pain you experienced there are a lot of lessons that you were offered and as you approach each one there are numerous opportunities and one of the opportunities you had to approach was grieving because yeah. what happened to you engendered a large uh, had to engender a large amount of grief because you were one person the moment before that accident and now you are a very different person because of the accident
0: and does that ring true for you That is amazing. Yes, and I I don't think I ever grieved a whole lot. You know, that that seems to be an emotion that most people are are terrified of. And I went through a grieving process for almost two years. That's very noble.
1: Is it? Oh, good. Grieving is not easy. Oh, my
0: God. It was the hardest thing. I think that was harder than any of it was the actual grieving part. And You know, a family with my whole life, it brought up everything. I didn't know if I was going to make it through it. It was horrible. But here I am, and you, it does, it changes you. Cellularly, it changes you. Yes. Right? Yes, it yes, yes, it does.
2: I'll give you another example. When my niece was six years old, she sat on the sofa next to my sister, and she died right in front of her. Oh, my
1: Lord. Yes, it was shocking. And life as they knew it. And Tina, I'm going to interrupt you. Her niece was perfectly healthy. It wasn't as if she had something to have triggered that. Exactly. She never missed a day of kindergarten. Who does that?
2: That's how healthy this kid was. And so from that moment forward, their lives changed. They were they each, my sister, my brother-in-law, and my other living niece, her sister, now have a very different life because this child died and grief is the bell that keeps on ringing and whether it's a motorcycle accident it's a physical, another different physical problem, a divorce a death, a job loss it's going to echo out and karma presents us with these opportunities for us to be able to say I can choose in every moment how I'm going to
1: approach it. What am I going to choose in this moment? And nobody, no mortal person, no living poor person will ever escape a lifetime without some form of grief. It just happens. And it's part of these these lessons and these karmic opportunities that we're here for. And Tina has a book out there, The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief, where she details grief how to handle grief in many different facets many elements both from the person grieving and for the people who are trying to help somebody with grief and that's, that's a really great. powerful it's a really powerful book
0: i'm going to get that because what i was amazed at is how many of my friends couldn't handle my grief and i think i was yeah. in so much pain that they left and right. so between and the yeah family leaving friends leaving
1: I have nothing and is, it, yeah. on some level, people are afraid that grief is contagious. Oh, like that, that's completely true yeah. They can't handle your
2: pain. And so when you're in your some of your darkest moments, somehow you're supposed to be more compassionate to them. It's a very challenging lesson.
0: It is and you know, but some of this, I believe now is that the metaphysical, As a whole, the metaphysical movement is about affirmations. Don't think, don't say anything negative. Act positively. Act as if. All those pieces kept me from looking at who I was for decades. And then when, you know, the grief comes up, there's no stopping that. It explodes. And people couldn't, they couldn't handle the pain and they just wanted me to snap out of it. that's exactly right we want you to be
2: the person you were yes and here's the other issue when you have an event the emotion and the reality let me let me rephrase this when you have an event that incurs grief fill in the blank it could be anything everyone wants life to go back to be the way it was (laughs) <laughs> because you have a momentum of your relationship I mean I was in the Navy 20 years. It takes 20 years takes 20 miles to stop a super tanker or an aircraft carrier. I wow. mean 20 miles. So the momentum of a relationship continues for a long time. and then at the other when it finally comes to a stop and you have to come face to face with that grief now, you have hard work to do and being a friend to someone who is grieving is among the hardest things to do because you have to decide what your relationship is now with that
1: person it's not easy and that relationship is forever changed yes it is and it is. There's yes there's no going back no you know to the way things were and grief also, it comes in waves. You're just tooling along, and all of a sudden, you're in a Trader oh. Joe's or whatever, and all of a sudden, this grief wave yes. hits you, and you're like, where did that come from? And you're literally just incapacitated, and I, I remember having to deal with something like that, and it's like, I don't think I can actually check out of the grocery store. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> I got a cart full of food here. What am I going to do? <laughs> yes. And it, it comes in these unexpected waves, and... With time and, you know, the ability to heal, the waves can come, the time between the wave can become less and less. But every now and then, out of the blue, we just get smacked again.
0: That's true. I've been out of it for quite a while, but I'll still get waves. They're nothing like it used to be. But it still happens. And even talking about it, you know, the emotions start coming up. uh, And I think it's important to talk about Especially grief, because it's not something that that's
1: talked about very much. It's you know, not. You know, you know it's so easy to sweep it under the rug, and it, this is mm. a huge sphere of influence because when everybody grieves something at some point, but if we don't address that sphere of influence, it can cause us a lot of damage. I, I also right. feel. I also feel that
2: in the metaphysical world, we're so focused on.
0: The secret and making everything perfect. And love yes. and light and unicorns and rainbows. Yes. 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 And fairies but, and angels. And yes. yes. And, and yes. Those, those things
2: are wonderful. Don't get us wrong. I mean, oh, we we certainly would love to embrace that too. But I mean, Laura was is, is an educator and, and I am a retired naval officer. We've worked and lived in the real world. And we know that bad things happen to good people and that if you really want to help someone you have to stand up to their grief and I'll give you an example an example would be when I was in the Navy I had uh, a phone call from uh, the guy who assigns people and he says hey I got this lieutenant on a submarine and his kid has leukemia and she's dying and I need a place to stash him for a year while she dies I was thinking Oh my God, oh, how can you possibly be? And so he oh says, so I'm going to send him up to you. So you deal with him. Because, you know, he's not going to work on a submarine because he's kind of broken up about his daughter. It's like, okay. Imagine that. Imagine that. So exactly, this guy comes in and uh, I have the um, welcome interview with him. I was the executive officer for a submarine training facility at Point Loma for a lot of years. And this, ten- this lieutenant is about six foot three. He has this slight build, and he has this enormously sensitive face. And I said, so tell me what's happening to your daughter. And he says, well, she has leukemia. And I said, said, well, they discovered leukemia on her first birthday. And so Mm. I realized that this guy was, it wasn't that he just needed a little help. Um I can hear your typing. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> uh, it wasn't just that he needed a little help. It was that he needed a lot of compassion. Right. And when you think of naval officers, compassion isn't the first word that comes to your mind. Yeah. Not five foot yeah. one. And as the days went on, Tim would come into my office and he'd close the door and he'd sit at my desk and he would just cry. And I held, I I let him. I was his safe emotional space. And sometimes I just hug him. And and he had to be strong for his wife and his daughter. And she, they went through bone marrow transplants and chemotherapy. And she passed away on her second birthday. Oh, Lord. and and the, my boss was mad at me. He said, "You know, you really need to get this guy down here, and he needs to be working." I said, "His daughter's dying. I'm not going to do that." You had a stable of ten lieutenants, you don't need him. So right. I was his advocate. So in sphere of influence, which is really what we're talking about, when it comes to grieving, you can be someone's advocate. And when Becky died on her second birthday and she said goodbye to the nurses, and she thanked the nurses and she said goodbye, mommy and daddy. I'm 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 leaving now. She was a very probably wow. a more advanced soul than we might have imagined. And then Tim was still coming to me afterwards with grief and, and his, you know, they wanted to punish him on his fitness report. And I said, you don't get to be punished because your child died. This is a modern Navy and I'm a modern Naval officer. I'm not going to allow it. This is a good man and he deserves more than this. And I got those things changed. So you have power. If you're in a person, you're, I mean, as a Naval commander, I still am. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, mess, I don't mess with her, okay? Yeah, exactly, I, I wouldn't either. I, I'm <laughs> not her eventually. easily, but I don't mess with her. have a sphere of influence.
2: And the first rule is my job was my crew. I had to be an advocate for my crew. And right. a good SO is the advocate for the crew. And you run interference and you hold them accountable. And he came back. And within, you know, a couple of months, he was coming back up to speed, and he was a huge participant. And he went on to have a really good naval career because he wasn't punished when his daughter died. So grief means you have to stand up. And watching this man as his daughter was dying was, I've got three kids. Uh, It was was absolutely,
0: but it wasn't about me. It was about Tim. That's right. Thank God he had you. You know, I think sometimes if we don't have those advocates, you feel like it's going to destroy you. And it might have destroyed his naval career had he been punished for something he had no control over.
1: That's exactly. Oh, that is so cool. Advocates, we have support. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that support comes in the places where we least expect it. Doesn't it? It, yeah.
0: And isn't it amazing the people you think will be there are not? Upright. Right. Always fascinated by that.
1: Right. And that I wonder
0: the- how that happens. Well, first of all, let me. What was the name of your book again? The Lightworker,
2: The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief.
0: It's available on Amazon. The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief. Okay. I love that because I just don't think we have a lot of grief or a lot of help through grief.
1: What makes this book exceptional, and I'm biased but not, is that (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't talk about a personal grief story. It gives you tools and strategies to deal with grief. A lot of the grief books out there are about, you know, my journey of this and that, but this is actually tools and strategies to use to help you or a loved one dealing with a variety of situations from a death of a pet to a death of a, of a child to a loss of a job. I and mean, it goes on and on and on. And it's it's literally a reference
0: book. Yeah. I love that. And that could come even after grief is like mine is, is pretty much over, Right. Uh, I could still learn from it because I still get waves of it right and I think death of a pet that's huge I lost my dog in the midst of all this I just it was one loss after another yes that's
2: exactly right uh, and I'll use myself as an example over the last year my daughter got divorced from a guy we adore we still love him it's just an unhappy situation my brother died last summer and uh, my oldest son and his wife and granddaughter moved out, They <laughs> moved to the practically the Canadian border. Oh, no. And so that's three losses in the space of 18 months. And even though my daughter, my son and his family are still living, it was there's they're not yes. nearby anymore. And right. so I have allowed myself to grieve it. And I allow those private times because that subconscious part of me needs to know it's okay to be sad today, to have a day where I'm sad and I'll be better tomorrow, but it's permissible to allow these emotions to come naturally to the surface and then to allow them to leave because it's part of what heals the body. Because if you don't do this, this is what happens to the body physically if you don't grieve. Grief lives in the kidneys. That's why there's uh, so much kidney cancer. If you allow old emotion lives oh. in the colon, anger lives in the liver, and bitterness lives in the pancreas. So if you apply those statements to different kinds of cancer, if you don't allow grief, it's a it's a it's a karmic reality. The energy of it has to go somewhere. Right. It's so much better for the body to allow it to leave the body in a
0: natural way versus holding it in for dear life, literally literally and and then it str- strangles your life by yes. holding it in that's what i i think my grief looking at all that how much what and i did that because metaphysically you're supposed to be happy all the time and i just pushed it and pushed
1: it right. and pushed you're it p- down right and we're then putting on a facade for for those out there but inside we're just crumbling right and i right. think there's a
2: there's a, a lot of times people are terrified of tears but people I agree. I agree. they're just oh my gosh the salt water is coming out of your eyes oh my gosh what could that be you know why are danger, you doing this stop.
1: danger will stop there's a tear there <laughs> give them a hanky or a Kleenex. they're gonna get over it I taught middle school for years but don't give me a kindergartner because they leak everywhere <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's great and they've learned to cry but then society does its work to have them shut it down right and that's vulnerability
2: and you you look at a job if somebody has a a job and they have uh experienced a loss whether it's physical situation divorce or death or pet those are four of the really really big ones
1: you get two weeks to move
2: on you get two weeks maybe you get two weeks but gee could you come back early because we really need you
0: yes
1: by the way, that, don't forget to check your email when you can.
0: Yeah. Right. Keep keep moving on. And that's when people get so sick. I I read an article once where, you know, a death of a spouse. This guy, they gave him a three month bereavement thing or a two month and they were angry because they said at four months you should be over it. Well, after all the hoopla stopped. That's when the grieving begins, when the people get back to their own lives. And everyone's, you know, they move on. And here that individual is, and you've got a boss saying, you should be over it. And it's just starting. It's just
1: about that time is when it really hits. It's starting because now you're being left alone. And, you know, I can tell you that three years in a row, I have three daughters. And each year, one of my daughter's best friend's dad died. It was crazy. And what the pattern I noticed was that everybody's there in the moment because they they get a feeling of self-importance to, you know, be helping out to doing this and that. But with time, Mm. they forget. And so now now it's the summertime and their kids have daycare issues and stuff like this. And six months have gone by. And, you know, I would literally say well it's every Tuesday this summer I'm going to take your kid and we're going to go do something fun because that year first is excruciating it is and if you can help somebody by being there maybe it's once a week or maybe it's once a month or something where somebody can count on that time from you it doesn't take up a lot of my time but it made a world of difference for my kids friends they could feel normal for a little while right they could go to right. the beach they could you know we, we did anything they could just like hang out at our house it didn't matter but taking those times and acknowledging that you know life is going to be forever different and know i mentioned the year of first whenever we have a life-changing event that first year is hard it's the first missed birthday the first Mm, missed christmas the father's day you know maybe it's the anniversary and then you've got all of that stuff so those grief ways will hit us as we're approaching these dates as well
0: it always does Mm.
3: and become essentially germ-free? Scalar light serves to break apart the molecular bonds of viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites in your body. Only a photograph of a person is needed in order to be treated with Scalar light and eradicate germs from your body. Visit the website, freescalar.net, and upload your photograph as well as the photographs of your family. Everyone will receive 15 days of free Scalar Light treatments and your germs will be eradicated by this painless and simple Scalar Light process. People from around the world have experienced the benefits of Scalar Light healing and the testimonies prove just how effective this groundbreaking treatment really is. Visit freescalar.net to get started or call our support desk at 1-800-345-9851 for additional information. That's freescaler.net. Or toll free 1-800-345-9851.
0: Let me ask you a question. Why? Why so much pain? Is that the only way we can learn? Because a lot of people don't learn. They become bitter, or they commit suicide, or they just die inside. Why so much pain? Why grief? Why does this have to happen? Because
2: part of a person's spiritual path is learning every single lesson of love and Um, the dimension of love is beyond imagination and when you look at the end of something it's an opportunity to look beyond the end to still let's say that you had let's say that it's I mean it's it can be anything you have to look at what is the lesson of love. Your body was injured and is learning to heal. Part of the lesson of love when a person has been through a terrible accident is learning to continue to love yourself and to love the body that isn't the same as it was. And... Yes. It's Right. <laughs> you have to learn, you have to be able to say to the body, you know, you're still a great body. You are, I'm alive because you as a body are healing and I love this body. And so the energy of love is so powerful. But when you're mad at your body because it can't do what it used to do, for well, whatever the reason, without blame, without prejudice or judgment, then the body learns to love itself again. And then healing is much easier. And then anger and resentment don't start to find little places to embed themselves in the body. Does that make
0: any sense? It's excellent. Uh, and I think my my physical body, you know, it's different today, but it healed well. But it's the brain injury that I have to learn to love my brain because my intellect was so important to me, and I'm not as quick, and I there's quite a few things that I struggle with, and every now and then I catch myself just so frustrated and angry, and it only makes it worse, right? It doesn't right. react well to that, and I think I've learned more about self-love through this than I ever had before. And that's amazing. I love that the lessons of love. And with that is the authenticity of ourselves, right? I think when we stuff things, I thought I was authentic. That's why I don't like the word, because we always think we're authentic at different times in our life. I wasn't even close until all the grief came out. And then it just opened me up. I always say the accident broke me open. I had no idea what that meant, but I got broken open. And it was uh, painful, but I believe it's expanding because of love. I do have more compassion. I think compassion was in my head, right? A theory. A beautiful theory.
1: Yeah. Do you also find you have more patience with yourself? Some days.
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's getting better. Yeah. My physical body doesn't always work in some days. Mm-hmm. I really have a hard time, but it's getting better because now I was rushed this morning. I had a couple things come up and I had an event to go to. I'm learning how to hold on to things. I both hands were injured, both wrists. So I drop things whenever I rush and I'm learning how to slow down and yet go fast. Hold things differently just be calm breathe through it. If I drop something, that's okay. Right? So it is yeah, it, it is a piece of self-love, patience, compassion, and a little bit more humbled. I I, think- I I do have a
2: suggestion for you. I'm sorry, this is just coming kind of really strong. You still have um, the energy of trauma in your hands and um and I we're big believers in Flower Essence Remedies. Oh, good.
1: Are you familiar with, like, Bach Flower Remedies? Are you
0: familiar with yes, those? Yes, a little okay. bit. I haven't used a whole lot of it, but yes, I have friends who are in that. Yes. Um, well,
1: it's not network
2: marketing. You can buy it at any... You can buy it online. You can buy them sprouts, anywhere.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes,
2: Sprouts, exactly. And the one I would, I would offer you is Rescue Remedy Cream and the Drops. Because... There's nothing that's mitigating the adrenaline and the trauma in your body, and when you have a trauma, your body is flooded with adrenaline, and you've got to
0: wash it out of the body, which accelerates healing. I've used res- Rescue Remedy, especially for my dogs, that really works. So I know exactly where I can get that stuff. So use both the cream and the drops. Yes, and then I
2: I would use Star of Bethlehem for grief.
0: Star of Bethlehem. Okay. Right, I
2: know that too, and that's a really good one for grief. And we also have another company called Botanical Alchemy.
1: It, we're, okay. not, we're not related to this company, but we really believe in their products. It's botanicalalchemy.com, and he carries flower essences that have a lot of power and strength to them. I have, they
2: his essences have gotten me through the amount of grief I've suffered in the last 18 months. I use them uh, almost every day. And I've, I've studied them. And I've studied what he's... And you can combine them. I've used sometimes up to 10 at a time. And just some water. And I put them in my iced tea or a water bottle or whatever. And it gives me a blood level of them every day. And it smooths out the grief waves because okay. you know it's enough to talk about the the power and the dimension of grief there's some there's some very gentle tools for the body and sometimes when you have trauma to the body um and or trauma to an animal the use for instance if i have a bird hit by window i've got six big sliding glass doors and the birds I've stopped. They don't notice the doors. Well, I stopped (laughs) 90% because I put moving, shiny things, but occasionally it happens. I grab the bird, I put one drop of rescue remedy inside its speak,
1: and I hold the bird and fill it with my love. And you know what's even cuter than that is Tina's husband, what, is he about 6'6 maybe? No, he's 6'1. 6'1, he seems bigger (laughs) than that. He's bigger than that. (laughs) He's also a retired Navy commander. And every now and then he'll just come up with this little bird very sweetly and gently and say, can you fix him? Yeah. <laughs> and he has Aww. a and It's and the most came, adorable thing. He
2: came to me with a lizard the other day. He says, I think I stepped on him. Can you okay. can you save him? So we use a little rescue remedy and a little hand-holding. And in about 10 minutes, you know, either the bird flies away or the lizard crawls away. It, it works really well. So wow. what we're seeing is. These are some gentle tools. They're not addictive. They're not going to hurt you. Right, yes. They are uh, gentle. When you're healing, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever, you must have a gentleness to the body. And the gentleness to the body begins to raise the body frequency. The higher the body frequency, the more you accelerate healing. And beautiful Music does that, whether it's Mozart or my fan, I'm a fan of Catherine Jenkins or uh, some some of this beautiful, glorious music, begins to accelerate and bring light to the cells in the body. When the cells in the body have light, healing is accelerated.
1: And these are plant essences and flower essences which need the light to grow.
0: That's right. And they'll be even stronger when we bring the light in through music or some sort of sound. I think sound has so much uh, healing power in it.
1: It has, it vibrates, right? And it can vibrate through things. And we're mostly water. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Emoto. Yes. Oh, I love him. Messages from water. He's a great example of what positive music, positive sound can do to water molecules and we're mostly water these we are physical, what 80 percent, 90 percent water like that. these physical yeah. bodies that we're quote-unquote renting right for this lifetime
0: yes
1: um are water-based and so when we can change the structure of the water cells in our body and make them stronger and more uniform the stronger we become
0: Thank you for that reminder. I need to listen to more music. I agree with you because when I do listen to it, it's it's magical what can happen. And if you can sing, match your voice to it. Right. Because it lifts
2: you up and it opens up, the, it opens up your chakras in a natural way. You don't ever want somebody to open up your chakras for you. That's really, really bad. You want your chakras, they're like rose buds. You don't want to peel the, the, the bud pieces back. Each chakra in the body is a rosebud. It has to open with the right conditions. And when you have beautiful music, your chakras open in a natural, beautiful
0: way. That's beautiful. And even if you can't sing, it's okay to just release that voice yes. with the music, too. I would think that would still be beneficial. Yes. Right. Singing is another powerful
1: piece. And that... Music just echoes out. Again, it's all—it's literally a karmic echo. Yes. Right. Ladies, what?
0: how would you define influence?
2: I would define influence as the ability to have an effect on another person, place, or thing through action. And it can be positive or
1: negative. Exactly. That's right. So, you know, how we are, we are all free will beings. We all have free will and our choices have an influence. You know, our choice to be on the show has an influence. My choice to run a stop sign, have a car accident is an influence. So when we're mindful of our actions, we can make better choices. The person you Constantly has a knee-jerk reaction to something. Let's say it's let's say it's a boss who has a knee-jerk reaction to every little thing. His influence is negatively impacting his his coworkers and his subordinates. That's right. And as a parent too. And as a parent, it's another great example. And when right. we take a moment and we <laughs> don't have that knee-jerk reaction to the toddler that just flushed the fiftieth washcloth down the toilet or whatever. <laughs> You won't let them get that far,
2: right? Or my son um, wanted to see if our Siamese could fly when he was about two and a half, and he shoved the Siamese off the balcony. Oh, no. And the cat hit its head on the uh, coffee table. Oh, no. I was so angry. I took his hand, and I marched him down the hall, and I put him in his room to think about what he had done, and I I went into another room, and I called my sister, because I was (laughs) so angry. (laughs) So I chose (laughs) to maintain control, and when I'd blown off steam, I was back in, and I explained to him what he did, and that to be kind to animals, and we had to kiss Charlie, and we had to say say we were sorry to the cat, and to this day, he is just a huge advocate for animals. But in that moment, I had a choice in how I responded to him. So my influence because of the event was was lifelong for my son,
0: but it and it was positive, but it could have been negative. That's an excellent example of choices and how things can reverberate. I mean, we're in a, a You know, in a society where we have a lot of influence uh, manufactured out of fear, and fear is not sustainable, right? You can only influence people so long uh, and create such damage from fear, or you can really influence towards love. And we're seeing both right now.
1: I think extreme fear can take slices of our soul and remove slices of our pieces of our soul with time we you know this is where ptsd is born from and a lot of other things and when we can stop and take a moment and chew make a different choice that will echo out and with parenting it's huge we we I, as a teacher i can tell you apples don't fall far from trees
0: right um, yes, <laughs> oh, yes. And ma'am.
1: I just see my fair share of rather interesting parenting. But if you take a moment, and as a teacher, I would always, you know, there were some parent teacher conferences where I had to, you know, summon up the courage to like not want to throttle the parent because they have a beautiful child who can do so much, but I'm watching them destroy their child by their abuse by that you are so stupid, if only you could, those things aren't helpful. But if we step back and we change our paradigm, as Tina said, she could have really throttled her two-year-old son. But she took the karmic moment, and her son is probably one of the hugest animal lovers that we'd ever see in mankind. Wow.
0: Look at the influence of that.
1: And could she have known that back then? No. Is this no. a part of, you know, how this karma thing works? Absolutely. I wonder so we, you guys talk a lot about these different aspects on
0: your podcast, right? Yes, yes, we podcast. do. That's what we do. Yes. This is a podcast I will download. This is wonderful to really get and enhance our spheres of influence. I, I, I love that choices have influence. And that's what we need to focus on in any one moment. Because sometimes they're really tough, like your situation. Tina, you know what? With this kid, and now my family, you would have gotten beaten for doing something like that, which could make you resent the animal, right? Right. So yeah. You project
2: your anger on the animal. And, and, um, the ability to have an inherent kindness. It was a it was a teachable moment. Everything yes. can be a teachable moment, and I know Laura can do chapter and verse on this. It, when it, you have a teachable moment, no matter who you are or what the situation, if you step back, I mean, I was genuinely angry, so I I stepped away, managed my anger. And stepped back to take advantage of that teachable moment. Because, good, Lord knows I adore this kid. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) I just adore this kid. And I knew that how I handled this would be how he would handle
1: things when he was an adult and had a child. And that's exactly what he does. And we look at family patterns. Family patterns are there for a reason. And sometimes when we look at family patterns and we have a negative family pattern... A common one is incest. If one person can break that pattern, they that karmic ripple effect will echo out to the other family members, whether they're conscious of it or not. I, I know we don't have much time left,
2: but I, I do have this really quick story about that, if that's okay. okay. Yes.
1: Um, again, when I
2: was the XO at the submarine training facility, I, I had this uh, guy who was a big guy. I mean he was so big his muscles were so huge they had to slit his sleeves and he was our sailor of the quarter but he just beat the tar out of his wife and you know the Navy doesn't tolerate that and so we sent him to anger management and then we sent him to the psychiatrist and we sent him to all these classes and so one day he comes comes into my office and he sits at my desk and he says commander what's the big deal so I beat my wife nobody's perfect. Oh, my That Oh, my Lord. And that's I. That's how he viewed it. I'm that's crazy. how he viewed it. And I had this giant aircraft carrier sized desk. And I wanted to leap across the desk and throttle him. And I thought, <laughs> okay, let me have a, let me get a grip here. I took a really, really deep couple of breaths because one didn't do it. And. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so wouldn't said, me either. And so I thought, okay, okay, get a grip. This is a teachable moment with this guy. So I said, petty officer, whatever your name is, did your daddy beat you? He said, yes, ma'am, he beat me good every day. And I said, did your grandfather beat your father? He said, yes, ma'am, he beat him every day. He says, Commander, doesn't everybody get beaten when they grow up? And I thought my heart would melt. I said, no, it's called assault. And for a thousand years, people are going to be beaten. And you, Petty Officer, whatever your name is, have the power to change the future for a thousand years by not beating your wife or your adorable little girl are you man enough to do that do you have the do you want to absorb the power of changing the future for a thousand years and he got real quiet, and he said I never looked at it that way and all the stuff I went to nobody ever explained it like that and I said I think there's a lot of goodness in you And I am giving you, on a silver platter, the power to change the future by not beating anybody ever again. And I would like to tell you that it had this great ending, but he got transferred two days later and I never saw him again. So I, I used my teachable moment, but I don't know how it
0: ended. But I wasn't going to waste the opportunity. Right. And I bet if anything, you planted a huge seed in him because he realized what you were saying as being different and a different perspective. How wonderful. Gosh, Tina, you've done a lot for your people. That's amazing. Well, I hope I helped his wife and daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Especially them. Especially them. Especially them. Yeah, that's important. Ladies, how can people find you and find out more about you and what you have to offer?
1: they can go to the karmic k-a-r-m-i-c path.com our podcast is also a free app so if you go to the app store you can find it there the karmic path it's free it's also on youtube spotify wherever you hear things but iHeartRadio, radio, heart, heart radio. Heart. so this is where we we hope to be helpful we are a helpful sphere of influence to be able to get this out there and each podcast that we do is about 15 minutes long give or take a few but we talk about a simple facet of karma in everyday contemporary terms we're not a couple of gurus sitting on a mountaintop espousing non-relatable things but we bring it down to the tangible the logical and you can find it on the karmicpath.com and the free app
0: that's great. And I love the fact that you do the practical. I spent my whole life in the oil and gas business, which is very corporate, but very male oriented. And I segregated my spiritual self from my work self and seeing now that they could have been combined beautifully.
1: But I didn't know how to do that. That's goal right? kind of cool, is to unite, you know, spirituality, the science of things. It's all one thing, really. But along the way. Throughout history, it's been compartmentalized more and more and more. There, there really is no spirit. There, there is
2: no, there's no healing of anything without a connection to the divine.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. There's really right.
2: no healing without God. And so, and it doesn't matter what your religion is, or your political party, or your your society, or your culture. It's irrelevant. When right. you have that spiritual connection that lives within you and you put it into practice on a daily basis, then you are changing your world. People say, oh, I want to change the world. Well, sometimes your world is your
1: your neighborhood, your family, your your classroom, your business. When you That's change your, your own world, your own tiny sphere of influence, it echoes out. People will notice and observe their you know a degree or two separated from you and it can echo out
0: that's right that and i believe that in fact um gosh what is dr david uh, he wrote power versus force David Hawkins. David, Hawkins. Love David this. Hawkins. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've read it so many times. Yeah. And again, doing one thing to one person can raise the energy of the entire planet. That's that right. we are actually powerful enough to do that. Exactly. So when you think about influence and what we have within us, that we so so many we're we're unconscious to it. So I thank you two so much because you brought the unconscious hopefully a little bit more conscious to many others. You certainly have me. So oh, well, we're, we're so grateful
2: you. you had us on your yeah. show. We're, we're thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having us on behalf of Laura and I. And we think your show has wonderful energy and it has a powerful message, and we, we hope it's enormously successful.
0: Oh, so thank you. And I'd love to have you back on a few months from now and we, as my audience grows and to really ignite more of this consciousness, because I believe you two do that. I'm really excited. And you will hear from me again. I Thank right. you. Thank I you, I thank you so much.
1: You. You're, so <laughs> welcome. You're so sweet. Thank you. And love Have, to you, too.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Bye.